Welcome to the podcast that showcases the rural town careers and opportunities you need to know about. Welcome to What's Your 9 to 5. Hey everybody, welcome back to the What's Your 9 to 5 podcast. My name is Georgia and today we're interviewing Nicholas Monglalin. Do you want to start by telling us what is your 9 to 5? I have been working Launchpad and I recently got promoted. So my 9 to 5 now, Launchpad, is executive director. And what does being executive director of Launchpad entail? That's a really loaded question. (laughs) I would like to say that there's no definitive duties. Um, Ultimately, if I was to sum it up, it's to support my team as best as I can for us as an organization to thrive and succeed. So some days it's doing a lot of paperwork. Some days it's, you know, dealing with a lot of mediation. Some days it's just, you know, giving people space to talk to me about all their issues because I'm not perfect and um, our organization's not perfect. So we have a lot of things that we have to work through. So yeah, I think um, just being that person that can just, you know, be adaptable and just constantly help everyone on the team alongside the organization, like so stakeholders that um, are, you know, invested in us to, uh, to thrive. And why did you decide to apply for this position? Challenge myself. I've, I mean, you don't know what time's going to provide you. So, you know, every day that you can push yourself, you take those opportunities. And this was just another opportunity to push myself. And when did you decide to apply? Um, the first day I walked through the door, I'm like, I would love to, you know, stay at this organization and, you know, climb, not like, I don't, not in that sense, like climb the ladder, but like being able to provide myself in any way. So although I didn't see it like foreseeably as being the executive director, it's just more like I've always wanted to integrate myself into this, into this company. So I think pretty much from the first day I walked in the doors, like I've had this a general vision that I wanted to take on this role. And were you confident when you applied? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I've had, like, unspoken support when I applied for the role. Like, um, for my coworkers, like, Chris Hookstra, he was really supportive in that sense. Um, I kind of tried to hide it at first because it was one of those things, like, if I didn't get it, is like, you know, I didn't really want to talk about it. But I think even, like... Um, Justin Graham in the office, he's a program manager, and, like, he was even supportive of me taking the role when I told him that he was the most qualified for the job, right? And I supported him in that sense that, like, I, I, everything's about respect for me. So I told him that, you know, out of respect, I think you're the most qualified, but he was saying, like, you know, you're the most passionate. So sometimes qualifications don't really match up to that sense. So, yeah, I think that gave me a lot of confidence to take on the role. And what were you expecting when you first came into the position? I think more hardships, actually. I think when I took on the role, I thought it was going to be more difficult than it was. And that's no grime that, like, the role is difficult in every sense, right? Um, Anything can go wrong, and that's on my head. But I think I thought that um, it would be a bigger learning curve, but... Ultimately, with the team that's in place and the support that's around me, it's pretty much just a, it was just a phase of asking more questions. With my previous role being youth engagement coordinator, I kind of had the department down. I understood what to do with it and, you know, how to facilitate and actually kind of, you know, 
innovate ideas like I worked alongside Chris to like how can we like change this department but now when I entered in I was like I literally know nothing so how can I just ask as many great questions that could get me to that point of knowing what to do with this role so yeah I think um, just the hardships I really thought that there'd be more but because of being able to you know lower my my ego and you know humble myself to just ask the questions that are needed it's been able to propel me to the place I am now and what was the biggest surprise coming into the position overall support like I really genuinely thought that there would be a little bit of more give and take but I remember like the first staff meeting we had it was probably like first two weeks in and it was just overall like you know, respect for me being everyone's boss, but coming in, I was actually the least senior person here. So it's like that weird change where it's like, I feel like I looked up to everyone with my previous role, and now everyone looks up to me, but it's because of that understanding that like, I'm here to help and support everyone. So I think, yeah, that was like the biggest surprise for me was knowing that, hey, you guys, all just looked up and you know um, gave me the respect that uh, that the job entails and it was uh, it was really seamless like it was super super easy yeah and as executive director what is your day-to-day routine like it's tough um, we're a small team and there's a, quite a few departments in this company that suffer from this, where you're trying to balance out long-term projections to day-to-day operations. Some days, you know, you're in a headspace of thinking like, what can I do for my department six months ahead, a year and ahead, five years ahead, right? You're trying to think of those projections and how to make those goals tangible. But then someone might come in and ask you a question about something very simple, but needed, right? Like a oh, something went wrong with the fridge, or this is an issue with um, something, like something that would take probably five, 10 minutes, but it throws you off your track of thinking because you're thinking about long-term projections that you have to switch back to -to day-to-day stuff. So um, yeah, I think what my day-to-day kind of looks like is being able to allocate time per the day of the week to be able to take off all this. So I might take a Monday to just do all like you know, grant writing stuff or looking at where we can uh, improve the company and then, you know, taking like a Tuesday and Wednesday dealing with being a more of an in-person uh, person in the facility to, you know, helping out with youth and such like that. So I don't think the day-to-day is consistent. It's just more about how can you shift around your schedule to take care of the different tasks. So sometimes you just have to say, you know, I got to close my door and I got to work at the computer and just get down get down to doing a bunch of emails and, you know, stuff like that. And then some days where it's like you can't look at a computer really because you have to be there for the team and there's maybe like 16 youth in the building, right? And it's not the most um, feasible atmosphere to be able to do paperwork. It's just not. So, yeah, I think it's, it's really like I know that balance of I have to do long-term stuff and then day-to-day stuff, but then it's like, can we adjust based off the calendar and what day am I going to do that of the week? This is a hard question because there's a lot of different answers to this, but what is your number one favorite thing about Launchpad? Wow. <laughs> that... Um, it's Okay. Our 
My favorite thing about Launchpad probably stems from the core idea of what we're here for, and it was we wanted to support youth to give them opportunities to grow and thrive. But expansively, um, that breaks into actually more modes than we think. Uh, a lot of our volunteers want to, are, are givers in nature, and a lot of our instructors are givers in nature. So their ability to do acts of service, right, to give back to youth, is something that they actually want to implore with their life, and we can offer space for them to do so. And a lot of the instructors have, you know, reciprocated that they find a lot of um, joy of teaching youth, and that they're, you know, to be able to offer that space for them to do that is great. So. Our vendors, you know, sometimes we have um, vendors that use our, our facility and they don't have, if it wasn't for us, they wouldn't have a space to sell their product or something like that. And overall, just knowing that at the core of what we do, every person integrated with what we do is benefiting, yeah. not just the youth. It's, you know, the retirees that want to give back, uh, instructors that are really passionate about their careers and they want to expand it to more, right? And um, uh, just overall people that aren't even part of us, but seeing what we do, knowing that, hey, if you're an upcoming parent and you're scared about uh, what can I provide my, my child when they're growing up, it's like, well, Launchpad's here for you. And you don't have to worry about that. We are only one, right? It's not like we encompass all the training for your, for your, for your youth, but we're here for you. So every facet and every person in the in the region or that can, you know, use our facility, I think benefits from us in one way or another. So that's probably my favorite thing is knowing that we're really just here to help people overall. And who or what inspires you? Lots of answers to this one as well, but. Okay, I'm gonna give two answers. Um, I think overall the team does inspire me. And it really boils down to everyone here has their own difficulties, their own hardships. They're dealing with whatever they need um, and whatever they really don't want to deal with right now. But they come into the office with the most positive attitude and uh, they dedicate time to really being able to give back, you know? And that's not an easy thing to ask for someone. So knowing that my whole team does that pushes me to do it twice as much. Uh, the environment that you're in is fully reflective of the performance you're gonna, you're gonna output, right? So the team has ultimately always inspired me because one person might be having a rough day, but I don't even have to be there and the other coworkers are, you know, aiding to whatever they can to help them out. And uh, then there's some days where all of us are like, about 100% and it's fantastic. And there's some days we're all in a slum, right? But it's never been, you know, we carry on that bad energy forward. You know, we understand, hey, it's just not rough for me right now. This and that, okay, take, you know, take some days to just focus on yourself, right? And um, that's probably what's inspired me. And secondly, would be my grandmother. Um, she quit everything when I was born because I was the firstborn and she pretty much retired early, um, took those hits to, you know, our SSPs and all that stuff and just kind of babysat me growing up. Like she pretty much raised me till I was like seven, 
So, and that was because my parents were, you know, early in their careers and they were really, their jobs didn't really line up where they were able to take care of me. And it, it was that shift of like, my grandmother knew what she had to do and it was to facilitate like a space where I was able to be taken care of and, you know, be nurtured and all that stuff. But it's really, that takes a lot to ask someone to do that, right? Especially if they're not the, you know, the biological mother. You're like, you're my grandmother. So she, seeing that growing up and then reflecting on that when she passed, uh, it's like, it's just one of those things, like, I don't think I'd be where I am without the nurturing I got from my grandmother. So anytime I can give back, ultimately, like, I never know when I'm going to pass. So as long as I'm, what I'm doing at the core of it is giving back, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with my life. So she inspires me to keep doing what I'm doing here. It's a really good answer. What is the biggest challenge you've faced since becoming executive director? Time as a whole. Um, the job initially, because I love what we're doing here, took a lot of time for me and still does. Um, I believe in work integration now, and what that means for me is I'm not standardized to nine to five. Like, I think about work 24 hours a day. Sometimes I'm, you know, in bed and I'm just relaxing and then a thought will come up about work and then I'll go to my computer and work in it for 15 minutes and then come back, right? Um, and it's it's that idea of, like, you got to understand that time is limited, so you have to be able to distinguish yourself and divide yourself in the sense that if you when work's done, you got to lay off work, right? Like, you got to give yourself some time. But that's definitely been, um, yeah, that's definitely been difficult for me. So time is definitely uh, uh, an interesting one because you can spend all your time doing something, but you also got to remember that there's so much to life that you have to divide your time appropriately. So because I love what I'm doing at work, it unconsciously makes most of my time work, even though it doesn't feel like work. But I got to recognize I'm still doing work. And I'm expendable, right? Like, I, I can be taken away from this job at any moment, so all that extra time I'm putting in won't be accounted for. All those extra hours I'm working off the clock won't be accounted for. So I have to start recognizing, like, hey, there's tomorrow. And if there isn't a tomorrow for you, someone's going to replace you, and they'll take on from where you are. So don't spend those extra times that you deserve uh, towards work. Yeah. Yeah. What is the most important lesson you've learned since you started working at Launchpad? Don't ever think that you're able to do things on your own. Um, that's just, you're a fool to think that you can conquer the world as it is by yourself. You, you have to take helping hands, but that's not a bad thing. Helping hands is only a sense that everyone spends their time, as like I was saying, every time is limited. Everyone's spending their own time growing and learning that's something different than what you're doing, right? Like everything that I'm growing and learning towards is completely different than what my coworkers are doing. So for me to then try to take on what they're learning alongside what I'm learning will just burn you out. So take those helping hands, trust the experts, um, and know that questions will always be part of your life. No matter how old you get, questions will always be part of your life because you're, you just don't have enough time to learn everything and you never will. Um, and the way our brain processes things sometimes too is that 
you can try learning something, but it just won't click the same way someone else gets it. So they might be able to refrain it or reword it in a way that just clicks for you. So constantly ask questions, and even if you do know something, double check. Like it's there's no foul play when it comes to okay, I'm I'm pretty confident with what I'm doing here, my answer, but let me just run it by you to see what you think. And then go forth from there. So there are three core values of Launchpad, innovation, empowerment, and inclusivity. How do they tie into your life? Wow. Um, I think that's, that's very interesting. I would like to say that I think most of the answers I gave kind of relate back to those core values. Like, the team is important to me, and that's inclusivity. Um, I think leadership can kind of be an interesting one, where some people see it as a, as a hierarchy. You know, the more you get promoted and the more you have a higher position, you kind of supersede everyone below you. But I don't see that. I see it more like relational, that my leadership style is on an even line with everyone else. And it's just, I may be at the middle of it, but everyone is kind of evenly around me. So inclusivity in that sense. Empowerment, like I was saying, what inspired me um, is the team for working so hard. So I'm empowered to work harder in a sense. And that's my competitive nature, but like it's in a good competitive sense that like, I, if they're really trying their best to give towards youth and the community, then like I gotta even step up my game because they're doing such a fantastic job. And innovation, like, we're only seven years old as a company. But if you take a look at where we were in 2015 to now, it pretty much screams innovation. Like, we're we're pushing the agenda almost every year. And that's coming from a space that we're not high-tech. Like, we're not Fortune 500. We're not a space where we're a nonprofit. And we deal with youth. So to align that idea of you know pushing the agenda with stability of youth is kind of you know you would kind of see them polar opposites in a sense. But we we really innovate the way that we can keep providing back to the community. So yeah, that's uh, that is at the core of my job is to innovate for Launchpad. So yeah, that's where I see integration of those three values. And lastly, is there anything you learned from post-secondary that has helped you in this position? (laughs) I went to the University of Guelph, and I will say from a curriculum standpoint, not so much. And everyone is entitled to think what they want to think about post-secondary. But what I will say is what post-secondary has taught me to be in this role is the soft skills that I learned. You're in a way bigger time crunch in terms of deadlines, and it comes from your willingness to do things. Like, when you're in the institutionalized elementary school and high school, there's provided assets for you that you kind of are given. Guidance counselors. Um, You know, your teachers and all that stuff. They're kind of there constantly asking you. While when you're in post-secondary, a professor might say, here are my hours in the office, but if you don't find time to fit in there, I'm not going to find time for you, right? Like, I'll spend an, from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m., and I'm going home, and that's only on a Wednesday. So I better figure out my schedule 
find a way to go to the academic advisor to my professor and then ask him the question I need to fulfill this assignment, right? And that's a skill of like being able to balance and being able to understand like you got to plan ahead. You can't, no one's going to hold your hand. Like you're going to have to. So yeah, I, I took on those opportunities a lot. And uh, additionally, it was a lot of balance of like the assignments that we did. So we did a lot of debates, presentations, but we did a lot of essays. So being able to be in a space where I'm presenting to 150 people in my lecture hall, um, doing a debate or a presentation, and then next week filling out a six-page essay. You know what I mean? Like that balance of, okay, like I'm doing a lot of oral skills, I'm, you know, body language, all the things, and then, then okay, now I need to pull an all-nighter and really work on an essay. Like those are two different core soft skills that you have that really pushes out of you. So I think post-secondary really just taught me like the ability to take on workplace tasks and being able to manage it well to actually succeed because no matter what, some people, they just can't take on that additional stress or they can't find a system that works for them that if they tried my system, they might burn them out or they might get really discouraged. So you really had to find yourself in post-secondary to succeed. But from a curriculum standpoint, um, I felt that it was okay. But yeah, it was more about the atmosphere that you're in. That's a pretty, it's as close as you're getting to workplace, um, like a career setting. So we're done with the questions now, but we have a quick game to play before we go Ooh. of rapid fire. It's a bunch of random questions and you just have to respond as fast as you can. Oh, damn. Okay, I'll close my eyes for this one so I could just say the first thing on my head. <laughs> so we'll start with what song would you say is a soundtrack to your life? Oh, <laughs> I can't rapid fire this. Um, uh, get down on it. Uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. What was your first job? Oh, um, I worked at an arcade. And I, um, when you went to the reception desk to withdraw your points for gifts, I was that cashier that gave you the uh, slinky or the candy or whatever. Oh, that's so fun. What is your favorite pastime? Cleaning, as weird as that sounds. Um, (laughs) It's, uh, it's, it's, I, yeah, like, Seeing a really clean place kind of puts me at peace. And then I light a candle, play some music, and then just kind of enjoy it. So yeah, cleaning. Describe your style in one word. Ooh. Business in the front, party in the back. (laughs) (laughs) That's about it. Like, my nine to five is business, but when I'm off the clock, it's party in the back. Suits or sweats? the double s that's tough like i said business front party back it's like i love both equally but i spend more time in suits than i am in sweats so i guess suits if you could afford any car which one would you drive (gasps) 1967 pontiac gto with a 427 that is the dream car in a gold champagne paint job other than automotive which program would you take at launchpad welding um yeah, I really need to work on cars, and we live in Canada where it salts a lot, so rust is a big thing. So yeah, I know how to fix a car, but I don't know how to fix a body of the car, so it's no point in having an engine if the thing's gonna fall apart. Top three music albums. <sighs> Thriller by Michael Jackson. Uh, 
My Dark and Twisted Fantasies by Kanye West. And A Song of Life by Stevie Wonder. And lastly, what is your favorite Lost in Japan song? Who's that? Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. My favorite. Okay. And it, it always was this at first. I just love that intro guitar, but it is for your heart. Yeah. yeah. That's my favorite. Yeah. That, that's the most, uh, it just makes you feel happy because it starts off the song that way. And you're like, yeah. Well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time on What's Your 9 to 5.